Hi, my name's Jack Billy. Welcome back to the Blue Line Report. We have a great episode for you today. We talked to Magic 100's very own Stuntman Stu. Hey, Stu. Hey, Jack. You're you're a seasoned pro. Like, how many years have you been doing this podcast? <laughs> uh, it's been 20. It's been a long year. Can't wait till retirement. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a really good job. I'm really impressed. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Stu, your early media career, and just uh, just your career in general. And then we're going to get into some more NHL stuff uh, with the pandemic and the new jerseys for the Sims and Vegas Golden Knights. So we'll see that later in the show. But uh, let's start off with your media career. How, how did it all start? Well, way back in 1995, <laughs> I was... Uh, I was an intern at 106.9 The Bear, The Rock Station, which is now Jump 106.9 The Dance Station. I was the kid uh, on the you know, on staff willing to do any job, uh, and that's where I got my nickname after doing a stunt one day. They're throwing around a bunch of different names. They're like, do you want Super Stew, Sudley Stew, or Stuntman Stew? I'm like, Stuntman Stew is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Here we are, many years later, I'm talking to you, Jack, as Stuntman I Stew. So I <laughs> I spent 10 years at the Bear, then I switched over to Team 1200, which is now TSN 1200, then I spent uh, three years there, then I went down the hall to Bob FM, which is now Pure Country 94, I spent just about a year and a half there, and in the spring of 2011, I was asked to join Angie Poirier and Trisha Owens at Magic 100, so it's now Stu, Angie, and Janelle, uh, Trisha's since moved on, but working Magic and loving it. That's great. Uh, I know you've had uh, quite a long career, 12 years, if I'm not mistaken, with the Ottawa Senators uh, in yep. their in arena announcer. How'd that all start? It started in the summer of 2006. A buddy of mine emailed me and uh, said, hey, have you seen the posting on the Senators website? Now, granted, this was before Twitter and before Facebook. There was no social media. but There was MySpace back then, but it, it, was, it wasn't really as popular as, as what Facebook would become. So I'm like, so I checked the Sens website and I sent an MP3, which was awful. It was awful. I listened back to it recently. It was poor. It was, eh. Senator's goal scored by number 15, Danny Heatley. <laughs> it was so bad, but it, it got me a, uh, a, um, an audition in a dark arena. I was sitting up in the uh, press uh, press box uh, as my game day producer sat next to me and gave me a whole bunch of numbers. So I would uh, do mock goals and mock penalties in a dark arena. There was no air conditioning in that time because there's nothing going on in the arena. And I sweated it out for about 20 minutes. They called me a week later and they said, we want you to do another audition. Only this time the president and the CEO were sitting in the seats, which I didn't know. And then I got the job. At least you didn't know. I feel like if I would have known, I would have and sweating bullets um so wow. that's that's it seems so easy but you know that, that's an awesome opportunity uh one of the yeah. i've heard i've talked to uh one of my friend's dads who is the uh um in arena announcer for the north bay battalions he says one of the toughest jobs is trying to pronounce names from the opposing team because you know you kind of get used to yeah. your own team's names but what was the hardest opposing team name or even on your own team's name, that was hardest to pronounce. Uh, I don't recall a Senators player that ever gave me a whole lot of trouble, but uh, I remember that uh, there was a young goalie that was playing for the opposition. I think he played for us at some point, Curtis McElhaney. I'll never forget that name. I didn't know how to pronounce it. 
you know, it was different than the Russian names and the Finnish names. I, there was just something about the the pronunciation that I wanted to get right. So I asked the visiting team's play-by-play uh, -play guy. Whenever I didn't know how to uh, pronounce a name, I would always go to Gord Wilson or or um, uh, Dean Brown and ask them. And if they weren't available, I would always, always go to the out-of-town uh, TV guys or radio guys for pronunciation. And especially during the 2008-2009 World Juniors here in Ottawa, if it wasn't for TSN's Gordon Miller, I would still be in the back corner trying to figure out names. I literally went to him and said, uh, what's this guy's name? Oh, that's Petrangelo. What? <laughs> Is there anyone, did you have the summer camp effect with anyone? And I mean, what I mean by summer... Uh, camp effect is the summer camp effect is when you don't usually get to see people but when you see them hey it's my buddy was there anyone like that from an opposing team who is like announcer that you like really became good friends with or uh not really with an opposing team but you know i would see the senators players throughout the summer you know doing their own things i would run into them at a restaurant and hey hey it's good to see you because you get to know these guys you know from a distance but um guys like chris phillips chris neal you know bobby ryan didn't spend a lot of time in, a, in the off season here in ottawa but i would see him just before training camp and he was always a really nice guy i mean these guys are salt to the earth really good guys and even even yeah i see there's a dion Phaneuf jersey behind you i hated dion when he played for the Leafs. i couldn't stand him but when he got traded to ottawa i had to learn how to say his name which wasn't hard and I got to know him, and he's a really super guy. He posed for a picture with my son, and he's kept in touch with me over the years on Instagram, you know, saying, how are you feeling? He's a really, really classy guy. So, you know, I love that. I love keeping in touch with these guys. A lot of them, you know, texted me when I was going through my first battle and then my second battle. So the hockey community is awesome. Is there anyone who's really stuck out to you and anyone who you've been really sad, sad to see leave, like, from Ottawa? Um, well, I was sad to see Alfie leave, but I understood why he did it. But uh, the one that, you know, hit me the most was uh, there was two players recently, Mark Borowiecki, who I, I just adored and uh, didn't want him to leave. And Bobby Ryan. I mean, Bobby was so, so nice to me when I was going through my first battle. And, you know, unbeknownst to us, he was going through his own battle behind the scenes, which wasn't made public till this past December. And I'm so glad that he opened up. But, you know, I, there's always players that I missed, but especially those guys. I mean, I, I, I love watching those guys and being around those guys. Uh, the pandemic's been very crazy. Uh, how do you uh, it's affected a lot of careers for a lot of people. How do you think that's going to affect the like, media in general? Moving on. Uh, well, you know, Jack, what it's done for the media is it's forced a lot of people like myself to broadcast from their home which I'm hoping to do full-time as of January uh, with Magic. I'm just waiting for everything to be approved, but I've get, been given the clearance from the doctors that I can go back to work in January. So, um, you know, but there's a lot of broadcasters that are working from home, you know, with a, with a headset, with their computer, and it's, it's uh, forced the, the media industry to rethink itself. I mean, people still need content, you know, uh, we still need people to listen to and people to watch. It's just it just changed how we do it. I mean, I've seen people uh, like Kelsey McEwen, who does weather on uh, Your Morning on CTV across the country. The last couple of days, she's been doing weather from her home, which is which is pretty amazing because she puts a green screen behind her, and it's just like being in the studio. 
Yeah, like uh, a lot of people have been have made that switch from going from home to or work to home. Uh, but I wonder, moving forward, will it will there be that switch, or there has been that switch from work to home? Will it just for new jobs? Will it just be just home, and there isn't work? You know. Well. I, I don't know if I can answer that because I'm not the one that pays the bills for for for, for space in in a building. I mean, a lot there's a lot of businesses like Shopify that are asking people to work from home for the foreseeable future. But I mean, it's so cool to work from home. I mean, if I don't have to drive down to the Byward Market at uh, 4:45 in the morning, I can do this all from my basement. I mean, I, I miss seeing Angie Poirier and Janelle Steeper's face, you know, in person and having that camaraderie in the studio. Nothing compares to you know being in that in that in that um, environment, but if I can save my job and do it from home, I I take doing it from home any day. And I think uh, a lot of I think a lot of broadcasters are going that route. <clears throat> with Magic One Hundred, uh, and I want to go through a few new jobs, but with Magic One Hundred, was there one moment that really stood out to you? That just as that's my Magic One Hundred moment. Oh, I love that question. Um, it was probably when we launched the No More Bullies campaign in 2011. Uh, none of us knew what we were doing. None of us knew the impact that we were doing on the community. So we actually went into schools. We got the, the approval from schools. How we did it, I have no idea. But we started to go into schools with an anti-bullying message, and it was a 45-minute presentation. And the magic moment for me was getting emails after that from parents, from students, from principals who said, we love this campaign. You know, we've had a lot of anti-bullying experts and a lot of the times the message just goes over the kids heads but your your message and your stories resonated with the students so that was that was something very cool uh for me personally uh, you know coming up with this whole campaign and this no more bullies campaign because i was bullied in high school and i i told that story in schools and i i would often get teary-eyed because you know it does it stays with you so that is definitely my magic moment that's a great question um, and I guess it's my same, same question for you, but with the Ottawa Senators. Um, there wasn't one specific moment, Jack, but it was probably in my first season when we went to the Stanley Cup final. I remember sitting there, and that, that's before I moved down to the penalty box. The first eight years I was, I was announcing from the press box. And I'm sitting there moments before, like 30 seconds before I'm, I'm supposed to do the starting lineup for our Stanley our Stanley game and I'm I'm about to puke I'm like we had CBC Elliot Friedman going live from the press box he was the shot was him in the press box and he had the camera shine on me you know be on me as I started so I'm nervous enough to announce it then I've got a camera here I've got all of Canada watching me as I'm starting the starting lineup I almost crapped my pants, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's probably that's, that's a pretty nerve-wracking situation. On the road, it was announcing uh, Chris Phillips' milestone, Alfredson's milestone, uh, being in the building, you know, for a play announcing a player's first goal was always special. You know, I know the player will never remember me announcing it. You know, there's always family in the crowd. But to be a part of something so special and, and announcing a kid's first NHL goal was something I always cherished. No, I have a question. Uh, you ended 
when you ended in 2017 or uh, my last game was opening night of uh 2018 against the chicago blackhawks that was my last game so as a leafs fan uh the one moment at the ctc that really sticks out and i was so lucky and fortunate enough to actually be at this game in ottawa uh was austin matthews ah. is there like other than a sense like moment is there any other moments like that that really stuck out to you um not really that stuck out but you know i was always a fan quietly of watching Ovi. I mean, when he would light us up and he did quite often, I would, I wasn't feeling, but I, I appreciated his talent, you know, just being able to watch that talent, you know, up close, you know, and seeing Sidney Crosby more. So I was more jacked to see Ovi than, than Crosby. I mean, I, I love them both, but you know, seeing guys like McDavid and I remember that night with, with Matthew scoring four goals. I remember the Leaf fans behind me just chirping me nonstop, but I remember who won that game. Not you. Wow. Yeah. It, it was the first game of the season. It didn't matter. The only thing that mattered from that game is Austin Matthews. Jack, listen to me. You're going to be a grandfather before this, the Leafs ever win a cup. Wow. That's your prediction? <sighs> so my best friend, he is a diehard Sens fan, so we always often go at it. Um and last episode on actually we had our uh debate episode where it was going me going against the, the sense and we had our moderator a diehard oilers fan so it was pretty pretty even uh but i made a promise or was? Not, a, not a promise but a prediction that yeah. i will be shocked if the leafs haven't won at least two stanley cups by the year 2030. Are you vaping? <laughs> I would be shocked. Mm. You got so you have three first overall picks on that one team. I think it, it's pretty special this year that Toronto has the most guaranteed Hall of Famers on the team on the roster right now out of anyone in the NHL. Listen, I'm not denying the team is stacked, but you know, you can have the most stacked team. But if the team doesn't get together at the right time, you know, it's you have to capture lightning in a bottle. Now, you know, forgive that pun with Tampa Bay winning, but it's all about the, the right timing and the right connections and a team bonding when it counts the most. I, I, I don't care if the Leafs win a cup. I just want the Senators to do it before the Leafs. That's tough. But, hey, you got you got Timmy Stutzla. Who's gonna yeah. come in? He's gonna be—he's gonna be amazing for you guys. So, you know, I—I I wouldn't like me being a diehard Leafs fan. Living in Ottawa, I wouldn't. If I lived anywhere else, I—knowing me, I'd like hate the Senators as much as I hate like a team like the Bruins or the Canadians. <laughs> but because I live in Ottawa, I wouldn't be so angry to see Ottawa win. That. You know, I would be crazy. Jack, this is my daughter Isabella. Hi. We're doing Hi, a podcast right now, talking about the senator oh, radio. I thought I thought he was playing Fortnite or something. No, he's uh, Jack's uh, doing a great interview. Jack's a Leaf fan, though. What do we think of Leaf fans? We kick them out of the house. <laughs> I right, go first. Yeah. Well, not crazy. <clears throat> I'm not crazy. 
<laughs> um, so do you, would you have any words of advice for one myself who eventually wants to go into media? Well, Jack, I think you're, you've done it right. I mean, when I was, when I was your age, I dreamt of doing this for a living, but I didn't have the, the access to the technology that you, your young kids have today. Just the fact that you're set up with Nathan in your, I'm assuming that's your basement with a professional mic, with, with professional headphones. I mean, you're already one step ahead of the game. You've got nicer equipment than I do. I'm waiting for my equipment next month, you know, to be installed in my basement. But I'm going to uh, right here. Yeah, Two I'm going to do some lights <laughs> like you. But I mean, you know, Jackie, you just you're, you sound professional, uh, which is great. Just get a, a couple of years. You're 13 years old, so you've got, you've got more than enough time to get get these podcasts under your belt, get a lot of experience, keep interviewing more people. I understand you interviewed uh, Ian Mendez and uh, Dean Brown? Uh, yeah, I've interviewed quite a few people from uh, uh, TSN 1200. That's awesome. Keep sending yeah. up the invites. Keep sending up, you know, when I saw your email, I'm like, this kid writes better than college kids. You know, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making uh, light of it. I mean, you're professional in your approach. Um, you, you, you approached me on email and on, on Instagram and, and knew what to do. A lot of people get mad at me because they're like, I invited you to my podcast. You didn't respond. I'm like, did you follow up? Like, so, um, I would, I would just encourage you to just keep doing it. Don't tell people that you're a Leaf fan. That might hurt your chances. <laughs> But uh, keep doing what you're doing, Jack. You've got a, a great thing going. Thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate it. Uh, me and Nathan, like, I want to give a little tiny shout out to Nathan. He does so much for our podcast, so I really appreciate that. But yeah, you know, I, I, I have so much fun doing it, even if this is just because it, it is. This is all. It's just for fun. I've gotten yeah. to talk to. Sorry to interrupt you, but just imagine one day if they pay you for this. So right? it's never it's the life. It's never a job. It's it's uh, it's long hours at times. It's crazy hours. But imagine you can get paid for this, that which would be amazing. You know, I mean, I, I wake up every day and I'm like, I get paid to talk on the radio and tell bad jokes. What? Are you kidding me? I got, I got paid for 12 years to sit in an arena, watch NHL games, travel the world for the, the Olympics twice. Um, you know, go with the senators to Sweden in 2008. Um, work the NHL All-Star Game, um, you know, work work the draft. I mean, I got paid because of a microphone, which is crazy. And it was never a job. It was always fun. So as long as you understand that what you're doing is fun, you'll never work a day in your life. Thank you. That That's a great cap off. I still have a lot more I want to talk about to you, but uh, that was a great cap off. So, you know, if you could save that to the end, that would be, if you could like capture that and like just save that and we'll do that at the end, that'd be great. But, uh, you know, I've gotten to talk to so many cool people. It, like this is so, this is a really cool thing that I've been able to do. So I appreciate everyone who's allowed me to do that, such as yourself. So I, I appreciate it. Uh, so let's talk about a little, let's go to a little NHL, which came here for uh, on our podcast. Pandemic. It sucks, but it happened. And the NHL adapted. They put us all, or they put all people, uh, players in a little bubble. What did you, th- what did you thoughts? What are your thoughts? <laughs> um, initially, I, I, I just wanted it over. I'm like, just cancel the season. Just 
move on. But thankfully, I'm not in the NHL office. And regardless of what you, what you think about Gary Bevan, I mean, the only thing I didn't agree with was how the draft was done, the draft lottery. But how they handled the bubble, I think, was an example for all the leagues, especially the NFL and the uh, Major League Baseball. Yes. Um, the NHL uh, and their partners put together a marvelous bubble. And I know people that have worked in the bubble because I've worked with them before. And these these people are top notch. They're they're the number one in their game, and they really pulled it off. You know, there was never any issue. And um, you know, while it sucked, you know, watching a game without fans, and I, I wondered, I'm like, how are they gonna? I'm not gonna sit and watch a two and a half hour game with no fans. But you know, they pumped in the sound effects. Now I'd love to hear from a player. You know, from their perspective, what was it like playing with no fans? Was it the same intensity? Was it, you know, did you get revved up the same? But, you know, because I know f- that the energy in the building can pump up players. I mean, I got pumped up, you know, announcing from the, from the penalty box in the playoffs, and I know what I felt like, and I didn't have to go on the ice. But um, I thought the NHL did a marvelous job. Uh, yeah, like the NHL and NBA did, I think. Yeah. I think to be fair to the MLB and the, and the NFL, they are just starting their season where the NBA and NHL had the were kind of fortunate in the sense of they just had to do their playoffs. But I I think the NHL and NBA I include NBA because they basically did the same format. But let's go with the NHL right here. Uh, I think they did such a fabulous job. At the end of the day, all that really matters is no there was no cases reported, yeah. which is pretty phenomenal, especially when they're having it in. I mean, Edmonton's not the biggest, or obviously they have quite a few cases, but like in a city like Toronto, where it's in Canada, that's the hub of the amount of cases. And yet they, yep. they came out with zero cases, which is pretty spectacular. If you would have told me, or I don't, I think if, if you would have told anyone uh, at the, at the start of this whole bubble thing that, Hey, no one would get uh, COVID. I, I wouldn't have believed you, but, you know, the NHL pulled it off, and I think they did a phenomenal job. Uh, yeah. The Lightning, Lightning won the Cup. The playoffs is over. We got we got through a playoffs, yeah. which I think is amazing, and, you know, I think they really well handled it. Uh, you said you didn't like the uh, draft. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that a bit? I just wasn't I just wasn't a fan of how they handled the number one pick. I just thought it was a little shady, you know, because why allow a team – to get the number one pick that wasn't as bad. Anyways, whatever it was that the NHL decided to do, I mean, obviously there's better people than me higher up on the food chain that made the the the, the choice to do it that way. I wouldn't have done it that way personally. I think you, you reward the bottom feeders like Ottawa and the teams that had a hard time uh, this past season. I think you, you reward those teams with the number one pick, but that's just my opinion. I think the way I would have done it, um, a lot of people uh, see it of just, hey, the NHL, the playoff team won the first pick. So, you know, it was obviously where how I think what they would have should have done was they should have waited till that first round of the playoff of the playoffs ended before having that draft. But, you know, they at the time they had that first draft lottery. They weren't sure they were going to have a first round of the playoffs. I didn't yeah. think they were. Not a lot of people did. But so, and there was a lot of NHL 
content coming out and the NHL at the end of the day is a business. Yeah. You know, unfortunately that first pick happened, but for on to NHL's credit, I think it worked out perfectly for them because that just had the most hype, but based off like the chances of New York winning were as good of chances as they are every single year. Ottawa, or the, or I don't say Ottawa. I, I say Ottawa because, you know, Ottawa. And I live with a bunch of Sens fans. But, like, teams like Ottawa, Detroit, L.A., because there was only 10 teams, they actually had better chances of winning that first pick. Unfortunately for those teams who, I, I, I agree with you, I think it sucks that a team like New York who, probably should have made those playoffs and probably should have gone further. Yeah. Got that first pick. So now they can have a line of Panarin. A, a team with a heart winner should not also, or a heart candidate should not also get the first round pick. Well, that's just my opinion. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it sucked, but I, I think they could handle it a bit better. But I get at the end of the day, New York or the that NHL playoff team. It, it, it was just unfortunate circumstances. And I feel like there wouldn't be as much outrage uh, if that team didn't win. But I get where peace, fans are coming from when saying that it was wasn't well handled. I think your next Blue Line podcast should be with NHL uh, um, um, Commissioner Gary Bettman. Hey, hey, Gary, if you if you want to come on, I'd love that. You please come on. I'd love to have a chat with you. That would be greatly appreciated. I think our listeners would enjoy that. So, you know, Gary, if, if you want, just reach out to us. Uh, reach us on Twitter. I left my email in my in, on our Instagram page. If you want to just DM us on Instagram, I'd love to set it up, buddy. Thanks. Tell you what, you call the NHL office and ask for Gary Bettman. If you actually get through, you say, my friend Stuntman Stu said we should have you on, the, on, on our show. I'll let them know. <laughs> um, so you are very fortunate because you got to the chant or the Ottawa Centers, if I'm not mistaken, sent you their new jerseys. What are your thoughts? Oh, I love it. I mean, I have the original black jersey and the original white jersey. So I was I was praying that they would go back to that jersey. I mean, I love it. Uh, I love the retro. You know, I'm old enough to remember uh, the early 90s when they when they had those jerseys. And when I first moved to Ottawa, now I was always a Habs fan when, when I lived in Montreal. I moved here in 94, and I quickly adopted the Senators, and I got myself a black jersey in, in the fall of 95 or fall of 96, and I, I, I wore it all the time. I loved it. And, you know, the when there were all these uh, mock-ups were going on Twitter, all these designs, I was like, oh, please go with the original. Please, please, please. And they gave the fans what they wanted. Yeah, I, I, I really like them. I I was a little bit kind of disappointed that they didn't change. They didn't really change anything. But I, I, I liked it. I yeah, but you have to understand, Jack, that a lot of the kids that are now in their 30s started watching The Sands when they were your age. So I believe, I don't know for sure, obviously, because I'm not privy to that information, but I, I believe that a lot of the people that the senators are, are trying to go after are the 30. 30 to 35 year olds that now have money to in, invest 
in season tickets and merch because they were your age when they started becoming Senators fans. <clears throat> oh, I, I love the jerseys. I, I think they're great. I was I wasn't I was a huge fan. I wish they kind of changed up just a bit. I but I get I get what they're doing. And uh, even though they didn't change it, I, I still really liked it. I was a little iffy at at first, but they've grow, definitely grown on me and I, I really like them. Whatever, Leaf Boy. Um, so the Ottawa Senators, did you watch the draft? Uh, I did not. I, I was getting the updates on my phone because the night that the draft was, I was watching my son uh, playing hockey. At oh, Nintendo awesome. Netflix. So, uh, did, uh, this is a question now. Did you uh, get to see the Alex Trebek? Yes, I did. I did. What'd that you think was about brilliant. It? Totally brilliant. I mean, you know, for... If another team had done that, we'd be sitting there going, oh, my God, that was so cool. And that was actually our team. So I believe, you know, we hit a home run with the draft this year. I believe in everything that Pierre Dorian is trying to do. I know he gets ripped on Twitter every single day. But, you know, he gets paid to to be – everyone else is an armchair GM. Everyone's got an opinion on how the team runs. I've got an opinion. You've got an opinion. Nathan's got uh, something to say. Everyone has something to say, but Pierre is the one that actually has to do it. So every, every move that Pierre makes, I believe in, except for the Borough move. But I understand, I understand that hockey is a business and it, yeah, so whatever. I didn't get the Borough move. Honestly, I, I was like, I, I'm so happy for him because I love, even though I'm not a Sens fan, I love, absolutely adore Mark Borowiecki. I have uh, a shirt. You know that Borough Cop shirt? Yeah. I got that. It's I just, I just really like him as a player, and I think it's amazing that um, they got $2 million in Nashville. I think his family is going to really enjoy it there. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a lot of money. That I, didn't, I didn't think he was going to get that much, so I'm, I'm very happy that he did. But Ottawa's below, Ottawa's below the floor, the cap yeah. floor. What that means is Ottawa needs to be paying – at least this much. Toronto needs to stay under the cap. They need to stay over the floor. So would it really paint, would it hurt Ottawa that much? And I know they don't have this money to spend willy-nilly like the a team of Toronto or a massive, huge market team like Montreal or something like that. But still, you like every team does have that salary cap. I get if you're not spending to the 81.5 million. I get that. But if you want to stay below the floor, would it really hurt you to sign just for $2 million? Because that's, if I guarantee you, if Borbieski uh, saw two offers, and who knows, there might have been a lot more offers, but let's say just the Nashville offer at two and then Ottawa's offer at two, I'm pretty sure he's going to stay with Ottawa because this is the franchise that believed in him. This is the franchise that really gave him that leader role, even though he hasn't received that seat. Um, it gave him the leader role. He was that face of the Ottawa Senators. As soon as guys like, as soon as Carl left, he was the face. Well, so, I, mean, I, I agree with everything that you're saying, but we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. I mean, that is very true. We hear the numbers, but you know, he's got a young family and he's got a new son and you know, he's got a wife and he's got to make life choices. And it's not as always as clear as we think it is. I mean, on paper, yeah, it makes sense, but 
we don't know the insides of this business. We, we don't know what's going on at the sand behind the scenes. Is the owner comfortable paying Mark Borowiecki $2 million a year? I don't know. So maybe, maybe ask Eugene if he wants to come on this podcast. Hmm? Okay. Eugene, if you're listening, it's another Gary Bettman thing. June, Eugene, if you're listening, shout us out, okay? Um, I'd, go, I'd go with Mr. Melnick. Mr. Mr. Melnick, sorry. Mr. Melnick, hey, if you want to come on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So, yeah, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, so this is my last question for you. Uh, don't okay. want to take up too much of your time, but uh, there's a rumored Canadian division. Basically, what this will mean is instead of having the Atlantic Division, Metropolitan Division, all the other divisions, uh, they will have three divisions in the States, and one of those, or four divisions, three of those divisions are in the States, and one of those divisions will be in Canada, insisting of all the seven seven teams, I think, yeah, seven teams, uh, in the sense of Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto. Yeah. Do you like this idea? You know what? If it keeps hockey going, and um, I'd like to see all the Canadian teams face off against each other. I mean, but at the same time, I want to see the Sens take uh, the Sens take on Boston, Montreal take on Boston, the Leafs play Boston. I mean, where's that going to go? I'm good with if that. Doesn't happen. Trying to play Boston, but. Uh... <laughs> So, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with it, but, uh, you know, if there's some way that we can see, uh, you know, the Canadian division, you know, face off against the American division, I'd like to see that as well. But like I said, that there's people that are higher up on the food chain than you and I are that are making these hard choices and, you know, bringing it up with the owners and the general managers and what works, you know, especially in this pandemic. Listen, the NHL proved that they can do a bubble perfectly and, uh, there's doubters that this this can work, this division can work. But if anything that they've done and proven is that they can do it. So, wh- who am I to argue? I've been very surprised with the reaction. I thought everyone was would be like, "This is the greatest thing ever, the Canadian division." So instead yeah. of having to flip between like the Montreal game, the Ottawa game, the Toronto, they're all just gonna be playing against each other. That's great. But uh, a lot of people have had the same opinions with you of, hey, we're not going to get to see all these American teams play because most likely if teams are staying in Canada, Canada TV providers and cable providers, unless you have like the NHL NHL network package or NHL center ice, I think it's called. But like, you know, you're not, you're probably not going to be able to get to see those American games. So you will, will get to miss out on not seeing players like new players, like Alexi Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield. Yeah. And then, you know, superstars like Sidney Crosby <laughs> and Ovechkin. So I, I get, I do get where a lot of people are coming from. I'm very yeah. excited as a hockey fan right now, as a Canadian hockey fan right now that, Hey, I get to see, we're either, we're playing, we're playing a rival whoever we play every game we play we're playing a rival which gives it a little interest but i do get where a lot of fans are coming from when they say uh you know i don't get to see the american teams but hey that's just my opinion yeah and watching this the leaf and the sorry not the leafs but uh boston in montreal on a saturday night there's nothing better 
you know, whether in person or on TV. Hearing Michelle Lacroix, the PA announcer, welcoming the Canadians fans to the Bell Center and watching the hated Boston Bruins taking on Les Canadiens is a great Saturday night treat. And then they'll go out on Monday and play the Leafs and beat the Leafs in Toronto. Wow. Wow. Okay. And then they go back to Ottawa and beat them. So, you know. What was this kid? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, like that, Jack. Okay. It's like that. Well, thank you so much, Stu. I really appreciate you for coming on. Uh, thanks, Nathan, for mixing, editing, and doing all your stuff. Uh, next up, we have a segment of Hockey Talk with Ono Kane. And I think Dylan Reed, I'm re- recording this before this, so I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, you'll see us in five, four, you know, in the break. Thanks. Hi, I'm Jack Bailey. Welcome back to the Blue Line Report. Wasn't that a great segment? I really appreciated uh, Stuntman Stu coming on. It was a great interview. I Anything you've ever heard about him, that's super nice. And that he's just a great guy is 100% true. He's such a nice man. And, like, wow. It, he was just... He's just so nice to talk to, and I'd love to have him back on the podcast very soon. Uh, But right now, we have a segment of Hockey Talk. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about free agency. What happened? What are our our thoughts? Let's find out. Uh, Dylan, unfortunately, could not make it. We couldn't get him in time. Uh, But we still have our good buddy, Owen O'Kane. Hey, Owen. Hey, Jack. How's it going? I'm good. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about free agency, like I said. So, uh... Yeah, quite a few players to talk about. So uh, let's just go through the list and uh, the list I've made here, and uh, we'll give you our thoughts. So let's start off with probably the biggest signing of the off season. Vegas signs Alex Petrangelo for a seven-year deal, average AAV eight million eight hundred thousand dollars. And if you don't know what AAV means, it basically means just uh, the the money that's going against the cap. So if you see a contract that's like seven million, seven years, $61 million, he's not making $61 million every year. He's I'm making... pretty sure it stands for average annual value. Exactly. Thank you, Owen. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't mean he's going to be making $61 million a year. That means that's what he's going to be making his whole career. So when I say AEV, that's what I mean. So yeah, if you didn't know that, there you go. Um, so his AAV is... Eight million eight hundred thousand uh, for seven years. He's a defenseman. Um, it was obviously a UFA signing, and he came from Saint Louis, and he's now going to Vegas. What are your thoughts on this, Owen? Well, I saw on the news that Vegas is uh, promising their players to stay long term, and then just trading them, and then just trading them away um, after making the promises. So. I'm hoping Petrangelo will stay there because it's a great signing and he's got kids so he's going to want to stay there and like I think it's a good signing. I I think Vegas definitely pushed the school the schools to to him and uh residential neighborhoods just uh you know soft spot with the kids to see if he make him sign. Trading away Nate Schmidt to clear the salary cap to sign him, which is a good pick for Vegas. Yeah, what did, what did you think about the Nate Schmidt trade? Obviously, getting Petrangelo is a huge bonus, but only giving up Schmidt for a third-round pick. Vancouver's very lucky that they got to come in and swoop in to grab that. What are your thoughts? I thought they could have got a second, 
maybe like second into seventh round prospect or something. Uh, like it's Nate Schmidt's pretty good. Yeah, I I, I think Nate Schmidt's gonna fit in on that uh, on that uh, Vancouver group very nicely. Uh, I if I'm a Vegas fan, I wish I could have got more for Schmidt, but at the end of the day, hey, you lose Schmidt, you get a third round pick, and you get Alex Petrangelo. Which is really all that matters. It's pretty much Schmidt for Petrangelo. I'd do that any day. Schmidt for Petrangelo and a third pick. So, (laughs) yeah, you know, you know, I I get it. I just, as Vegas fan, you know, I'm maybe wishing for a bit more. But Vegas is huge winners of this off season. Not much really to talk about. Uh, He's probably going to be playing with Shea Theodore. That's going to be a dangerous lineup. And uh, you don't like that. You don't like the Shea Theodore pairing. That's just... Ah, I think he... Like... Who's he going to play with then? No, he's going to play with them. I like it. I just think that they might not click right away. Yeah, maybe not. But, you know, I think Alex Petrangelo, he's been in the league for quite a bit now. Uh, he, I doubt he'll have any trouble clicking in a defensive pairing. With Shade Theodore, who is... I think a lot of people sleep on him. I think he's a, one of the top defensemen in this league. Um, and I, I'm, thankfully, I'm a Leafs fan, so I don't have to see Vegas probably at all this year, but even if it goes back to normal, probably won't have to see them a lot. So, uh, hey, I wish them all the best in Vegas, and, uh, you know, as long as we don't see you in the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm fine with them, like, tearing up the league. <laughs> you know who, uh, Vegas got Shea Theodore from in the expansion draft? Who'd they get? No, I'm asking... Like, do you know? Oh, Shea Theodore. Um, I think it might have been Florida. No, that was you, no, that was Marcia, so. Yeah, that was Marcia, so. Uh, hmm. That's a tough conversation. Uh, that's a tough question. Yeah, that's really tough. Here, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, so uh, while Owen's looking that up, uh, let's talk about our the second signing on my list. I have a list that I've shared to Owen, so it's not really the official list, but yeah, this is what I'm going off of. Uh, Let's go to Tory Krug. Um, St. Louis lost a defenseman, but they gained a solid defenseman in Tory Krug uh, for a seven-year contract at 6.5 AAV for a $45 million total. Um, I really like this deal. I think Boston really lost out on this offseason. They didn't pick up they didn't really pick up anyone. I was, like, if I'm, you know, Boston's biggest guy was Craig Smith. And Craig Smith or Tory Krug? They took him from Anaheim. Anaheim. Oh, imagine that. The defensive lineup. Uh, they got um, Shattenkirk, who we'll get to in a bit. But uh, imagine that lineup. That would be nasty. Yeah, Shea Theodore. Um, yeah, you'd have Shea Theodore, Manson, Lindholm, Drysdale, who they got this year, Fowler. Did I say Fowler? I might have said Fowler. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fowler's still. Yeah, he's deep. Enough. But yeah, they they'd have they'd have a top six because they they could have Shattenkirk, Drysdale. So that's two, and then I'm searching them up. Uh. Anaheim. Anaheim Ducks roster. Hmm. 
But they'd have like a stack, a stack team, like or at least a defensive, defensive core. Like you'd have players such as imagine um, Theodore and Drysdale. Oh, that would be dirty. But uh, yeah, for defensemen they have Cam Fowler. So you could have Jamie Drysdale with Cam Fowler uh, and pairings you could care less about, but just. These are the players. Then you could have Lindholm with Manson. And then you'd have Theodore with Shattenkirk. That's an insane D pair. That, or a D lineup. You could put, like, you know, that would be the most, that'd be the best defensive group in the NHL. I think Anaheim's going to go deep really soon. Anaheim's going to be a defensive juggernaut, especially with... John Sam Gibson Yeah, and then Sam Steele and uh, Comtois and to, Troy Terry running that offense. You know, I, I really like that, actually. <sighs> Anaheim might be dirty. Woo! You heard it here first. You heard it here for, first, folks. Anaheim is going to be really good in the next few years. It's going to be my dark horse. Your dark horse. I'm going to put that in next. Owen's dark horse. Count it here. Uh, yeah, Owen's Dark Horse at the Anaheim Ducks, so uh, make sure to watch them. Watch out for them. But uh, back to Tori Cruz. I love the signing for St. Louis. It's really tough to lose the best player in free agency, but to gain the second best player in free agency is a pretty good consolation prize. Uh, a lot of people are talking about how Krug is so much younger, and I, th- I don't think people really realize that he's a Krug's year only a year younger. Um, but even then, he's just more... Agile, where Petrangelo is more just a solid body on the play. He can play offense and defense really well, where Krug is a very offensively-minded defenseman, uh, I should know as a Leafs fan. I've gotten to see him knock out my team multiple times in the playoffs, especially in Game 7s. Can't make it past the first round. Uh, yeah, so Tori Krug. <laughs> uh, I love the signing for St. Louis. He's going to come in. With uh, Perico and Falk, and that that decor is going to be stacked as well. Vince Dunn's going to be good. Yeah, I, I if I'm St. Louis, you know it sucks to see your captain go, but hey, you get Tory Krug as consolation, who is might I also add two million dollars cheaper. So you know, Krug, I I really like the signing for St. Louis, and you know, if I were to give St. Louis a grade, like a letter grade for their off season. I feel like I'd give them a B, because, yeah, they lost Petrangelo, but they got Krug, so... And they got Kyle Clifford. Kyle Clifford, everybody! He'll- Kyle Clifford! Are you kidding me? He's gonna help him. Clifford did nothing for Toronto. Sorry, Clifford. You're a great player. You look like a great human being. You know, like, when you talk about, when we talk about all these players... I'm sure they're all very nice and just kind human beings and stuff, but holy, you did nothing for us. Toronto thought they needed a enforcer, which we do, but we got the wrong type of enforcer. You got Joe Thornton now. Yeah, Joe Thornton is not our enforcer. We need a player such as Wayne Simmons. I love Wayne Simmons, boy. Like... Wayne Simmons is a, pardon my language, but shit disturber. Oh, dang, he's, we're now going to be explicit. He's good. he's good. 
or if Nathan, Nathan's our producer, we've started to shout him out more. Uh, Nathan, <laughs> if you want to bleep that out, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Uh, but anyway, Wayne Simmons, I, th- I guess I can say anything now, uh, but Wayne Simmons is a shit deserver. That's what he is. He annoys people. A lot of people are like, why are... He's like a Corey Perry type player. Oh, a Corey lot of Perry. Young, a lot that of young the... people, like our age, think, oh my god, why do people like not like Corey Perry? Because he's been in the league forever. And he's a... I'm gonna say, I can say this again. Shit disturber. It was the funniest... He disturbs thing. the shit. <laughs> it was the funniest thing when Corey Perry got kicked out of the uh, Winter Classic and he had to walk all the way back that... Um, that, like, huge run-on entrance. You have to walk all the way back. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. It was, like, a five-minute walk, and everyone was just watching him the entire time, and he was just walking back slowly. Just... You know what? You know, I wish, like, if I was on that NBC team, uh, like, producing team, if you're not playing the Proclaimers, I'm pretty sure that's the band name, but... <laughs> and I would walk 500 miles. would have done, gotten so much more like praise for that masterpiece but of cinema and film but uh you know hey you know what you do it is what it is it is what it is let's go on to the next signing uh hmm are we gonna start calling them the Calgary Canucks <laughs> because it seems like Calgary only likes Vancouver players it this is not seems... the big. This is not the only big signing they've had. Well, it seems from that Vancouver since they got Markstrom. Do you he... want to just knock both of them out? Yeah, let's at do the same it. time. All right, so since, let's go. Since they got Markstrom, Marks. I heard Markstrom convinced Tanev to just sign there as well. So that's it. So let's knock them both out of the park right now. Uh, from from the Vancouver Canucks, the uh, Calgary Flames signed goaltender Jacob Markstrom uh, for a six-year. Six million dollar deal, uh, thirty-six million dollars in total. Math. Uh, and then uh, they also signed from the Vancouver Canucks defenseman Christopher Tanev is now going to the Calgary Flames for a four-year, uh, four-point-five million dollar deal uh, in total. Eighteen million dollars. Math. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts, Owen? Uh, I think that they're going to be really, really good in in. Calgary and that's gonna be what they need. Calgary's needs a good goalie. No offense to David Rinnick. He did pretty well, but um I think Markstrom you'd rather have. And Chris Tanev will help him on the defensive line, kinda of replace replace uh TJ Brody. And um I think Calgary could finally get over that first round hump. You think? As much as I hate to say it as an Oilers fan, like, screw Calgary, but... Wow. They might be able to make it over. You think? Uh, I think as long as... You know, you know who I think is the most overrated player in the NHL? Johnny Goudreau? No. Sean Monaghan? No. Michael Backlund? No. Continue with names. I'll tell you when. Who's one of their top players? Kachuk. Kachuk. The Jack. Got Jack. Kachunk. Over 
Rated. Matthew Kachuk is just as awful as his brother. Oh my. They're both second line players at best, but they act tough, and so they go to the All Star game. Oh. You know how annoyed. Okay. It was in St. Louis. This is a story. And their dad was there. I don't care. So I think. This is their story. Okay. So this is this thing that annoyed me. Uh, and I'm going to go on a little rant now. This is the story of the day I found out Brady Kachuk replaced Mitch Marner. Was it Mitch Marner? I think it may have been Marner. I think it was Mitch Marner. The day he. It was some leaf. It might have been Freddie, too. I think it was Marner. Let's go with Marner. Let's I'm say it's Marner. If you know it was Freddie, uh, fact check us. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. But the day I found out Brady Kachuk was going to replace Mitch Marner at the All-Star game. And I get why Mitch Marner left. He had to do some other stuff. But do you know how pissed I was? You know who wasn't invited? Steven Stankost. Bergeron. Bergeron's not. He shouldn't have gone. He didn't have a good I'm sorry, what? You're telling me Patrice Patrice Bergeron shouldn't have gone to the NHL All-Star game. That dude's an All-Star, if there ever is one. Well, yeah, but not... The the definition of All-Star is best players from that season. Not best players of all time. So, Bergeron didn't really have a good start. Neither did Kachuk! Because he is Brady Kachuk. We're talking about Steven Stamkos and... Well, it's Brady. the NHL All-Star game. They don't even try. It's not really interesting to watch. It doesn't really matter. I love the All-Star game as a kid. Because, I, yes, I am still a kid. I, I love the All-Star game. It's fun. It's fun to see all these players uh, do all their stuff. I'll and watch the skills competition, just not the games. Because the games are just them, like... Games are fun, though. I, I, I it's love not. the All-Star game, It's though. not. Like, it's just them... You're wrong, Owen and, No, Kane. they're lightly... Owen O'Kane, you're wrong. No, they're... They, Owen, Owen, you're wrong. Let me finish. They, you're wrong. They don't even skate. They're barely skating. They what get... talking about? They it. get it. Yeah, I know they don't try, but like, All-Star games in like 1995 and stuff, those were good. Those were hard-hitting games. And now it's just... It's just they're not even trying, and they're just trying to pull off them to get injured? Okay, let's take a... Let's take a uh, scenario. Let's say Connor McDavid, your favorite player... Owen's a uh, diehard Oilers fan, if you didn't know. But your favorite, Connor McDavid, let's say they're going full speed, and my boy, Austin Matthews, accidentally... Accidentally. <laughs> it's, it's not. Puts Connor McDavid through the glass. <laughs> McDavid's out Looks the rest like of the season. Are you happy? In a coma. Are you happy? <laughs> no, okay, not in a coma. But, like, let's say McDavid gets injured. If he's injured at an All-Star game where the players are trying, and it's clearly a mistake, I'd be upset. Yes, I'd be upset. Then then why would you want to risk that But if they're trying in an All-Star game, I'd I'd be willing to do it. Because I'd love to see an All-Star game where players are actually trying. But, like, for teams, that, like, destroys your chances of winning. Okay, if, well, if the Oilers lose McDavid... Well, don't send McDavid. Send... send Who are we supposed to send then? Kyle Brodziak. We got... <laughs> we got our stuff. Your all-star game starting lineups. Kyle Brodziak. At left wing. Brady Kachuk. At center, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 
And on right wing, Kasperi Kapanen. It's not that bad, actually. It's that <laughs> it's bad. pretty bad. It's not that I bad. I would not. The day. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to. I might stop being a hockey fan the day Kasperi Kapanen's a lot. All-star. The day Casperi Kapanen's an all-star, quote me on it, I will shave my head. Same here. We will both shave our heads on a live stream if Casperi <laughs> Kapanen is an all-star. But he won't be. He's on Pittsburgh. It's going to be Crosby. It's- okay. Uh, I want to go to uh, Ilya Mikheyev. Oh, I didn't know Tampa Bay signed uh, Bufflin. Tampa just signed Bufflin? No. It says here Tampa signed Bufflin. I never got any news about it. Let me see. Pass that, pass that. Check Bufflin. Oh, Oh, TBD. To be determined. Not Tampa Bay. D there. Ah. Yeah. Ah. (laughs) TBD. Ah. To be determined. Uh, Got it. He has not been signed yet. Unfortunately. But... I want to go to Ilya Mikheyev. Have you seen the memes? Have you seen, seen the spamming? Oilers just Mikheyev? re-signed Chris Russell. Just going to put that out there. Woo! All-star Chris Russell. All-star Chris Russell. We love him. What a signing. Honestly, A++ from the Oilers. What a season. Thank you for that. It's <laughs> honestly... I don't, know, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it, honestly. I do not know how they do it. How they do what? Do, like, do the free agency. They sign Chris Russell. Oh, my God. Okay, well, signed, you know what? At least we don't lose They the sign Ottawa Senators legend Kyle Turris. Woo! That's a, that's a decent signing. Is it? They sign Toronto Maple Leaf legend Tyson Berry. Woo! That's a good pickup, okay? Tyson... <laughs> They stop, signed. Okay, hey, stop being, stop, stop bad talking the Oilers, and let's talk about this. Tyson Berry is a good signing for the they Oilers. They signed future Hall of Fame goalie, oh my God. Mike Smith. Oh my God! Woo! Get lost. They Ooh. signed. Oh, they signed right wing future Hall of Famer Seth Griffith. Mm, Seth Griffin. Woo! Get it right, Seth Griffin. Griffin. Um. And oh, they signed Leafs legend. I think Tyler Ennis. Woo! I think you're just mad that um, the Oilers got Tyson Berry and the Leafs didn't resign. Game changing signing. Edmonton signs future future Hall of Famer. I think this guy's better than Gretzky. Alan Quinn. Woo! What a free agency from Edmonton. Honestly, I don't know how they do it. I hate you so much. I don't know how they do it, folks. How do they do it? I do not know, folks. Well, I don't know how, um... I don't know how they got Tyson Berry, but you know what? It's Tyson Berry. And Tyson Berry is... I'll give it to you. Tyson Berry's a decent signing by Edmonton. I will give it to you. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of the Oilers fans, we accept your, uh... Apology. Your apology. Sometimes I try to be positive. But anyway, let's go back to uh, greatest signing of all time, uh, Ilya Mikheyev, to Toronto. Oh, of course, of course. Have Tyson- you seen the memes? Have you seen the memes? No. You haven't seen the Ilya Mikheyev spamming? No. Uh, do you have you have Instagram, right? Go follow yeah. uh, Owen on Instagram. In- Owen, what's your Instagram? 
Uh, let me pull it up then. You just oh, gonna pull it up? Uh, yeah. Go follow. Go follow uh, the Blue Line Report on Instagram. <laughs> Midway plug. Uh, at Blue underscore Line underscore Report. Oh, and all lowercase is nine seven three five nine. Do that. Whew. Be there. Be Sick cool. Game. All the cool kids are doing it. Uh, go to Austin Matthews. Do you see the, uh, Lise Pedersen? When it, yeah, when did you, you guys see the goalie? Uh, go to Austin Matthews, I'll tell them about that. Here, let's, who, what's the page? Austin is? Matthews, just search it up, Austin Matthews. Oh, like his, his Instagram page. Um, but yeah, uh, Elias Pedersen was shown practicing as goalie. Uh, so, you know. They when you might lose not... Markstrom, you gotta go to desperate terms and put in, uh, Elias Pedersen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Demko, eh, Elias Pedersen. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of cool. Uh, so I guess now they won't need, ever need a David Ayers situation again. And uh, if they go down two goalies in one night, they might just be able to bring in uh, Pedersen. Imagine looking up Austin Matthews and him not showing up first. Well, give it here. And uh, Austin Matthews' bathroom showing up first. You probably spelled Imagine that. You probably spelt it wrong. I probably did, but imagine Austin Matthews' bathroom coming up first. A S T O N. Wow. <laughs> Aston? I'm not good at spelling. Screw you. Obviously not. <laughs> uh, let's and the least I'm here. good at going past the first round. So. But anyway, there's an account called Ilya Mikheyev 65 that tells its army of people, army of followers, army of Ilya Mikheyev supporters, to go spam comment sections. Uh, do you want to just scroll down? I just pulled up Austin Matthews' let's, let's new uh, post, and uh, this is this is what. Uh, and you just dropped your phone. Damn it, Jack! <laughs> Damn it, Jack! This okay. is what Austin Matthews' comment section looks like. It's just everyone writing Ilya Mikheyev. Oh, and if you scroll down, Ilya Mikheyev. Ilya Mikheyev. That's all it is. Future Ilya 60 Mikheyev. goals Ilya scorer, Mikheyev. Austin Ilya Matthews. Ilya Mikheyev. 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 They ordered him. Actually, Rasmus Sandin. I follow him. That's you do. That's yeah, good. I do. Sandin. He was he, good. Uh, he year. blocked Ilya Mikheyev 65. Did he? Is, is that Ilya Mikheyev's account, or is that no? Just that's a, a that's his army. This, oh, he blocked him. The army account uh, tells people to spam Ilya Mikheyev, so. Uh, you can check in the comment sections. Ilya Mikheyev, Ilya Mikheyev, Ilya Mikheyev. It's amazing. I love that he's back for another six years. Or, <laughs> another six years. This guy's name is Radulov Memes. And he commented, Ilya Mikheyev is better than Rasmus Sandin on Rasmus Sandin's post. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, you know, uh, the Ilya Mikheyev army is so strong. It is so powerful. Um, you know. Ilya McKay is a great guy. You put it, put it away. I just wanted to show you that. That's cool. Ilya McKay, right? That's it's amazing. Cool. That is cool. It is pretty cool. 
Uh, yeah, so, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs post their starting lineup. Mikheyev should be on the first Ilya line. Mikheyev, Ilya Mikheyev, Ilya Mikheyev, Ilya Mikheyev. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Ilya Mikheyev. So, uh, let's go, let's get back to the signings, the big signings. We'll wrap it up in a bit, uh, because we had quite a good interview with, uh, Stephen S. It took up a bit, chunk of time. So, uh, we'll end it off in a bit here, but, um, let's go to our next big signing, which is... TJ Brody to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Owen, I want to hear your opinion first, and then you'll hear the Leafs fans' opinion. At least it's not pajama. Go boy. ahead, buddy. At least it's not pajama boy. Pajama boy was cute, and you know it. No, no, you can't call that cute. That's ugly. It's ugly. He was like nine in the photo. John Tavares Stupid is adorable. John Tavares. John Tavares. Imagine knew a thirteen-year. Imagine a thirteen-year-old calling John Tavares adorable. As a kid, he was adorable, <laughs> and he's now a very amazing-looking captain. He's just a good, stop. Just he's stop. He's the best-looking captain. Stop. In the, here's my here's my thing. He's the best-looking captain in the NHL. Jack Hughes is pretty good. <laughs> I rate him a ten. Jack Hughes is not a captain, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> captain of the AHL team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He might be that. He might get there, but uh, he, uh, best looking captain in the NHL, obviously John Tavares. Uh, let's go to TJ Brody. What are your thoughts? Uh, good signing for the defenseman to replace uh, Oilers legend now Tyson Berry. But um, <laughs> wow. But um, it's TJ Brody. Like he's he's a defensive defenseman. And I, the Leafs need that, so he could probably pair with Jake Muzzin or Morgan Riley. I don't really know the lines for Toronto, so I probably got one of those wrong, but... Yeah, yeah they'll probably yeah. pair with Morgan Riley. Uh, I love this signing. Can I go? I'm gonna go now. I'm about to go. On a rant. On a rant. Not really a rant, it's just a... Because rants are usually negative, and this is gonna be a positive rant. This is a positive rant. If you want to see some rants, go to our uh, awards uh, recap. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you want to see some actual uh, debate, uh, go to our debate. <laughs> it, it was fun. Owen, Owen just got to watch that one. It was me versus Dylan. Uh, who do you guys think won that one? Uh, Owen, who do you think won that one? I, I don't know. Dylan gave up. I don't know. I'm going to say, okay, fine. It, it is you. I'm just trying to spare Dylan's feelings. He gave up halfway through. The one time you had a ch- he had a chance, it's like, who had better prospects? Who has better prospects? I'm giving Dylan a chance because I know you're so good at arguing. And um, and instead of, uh, instead of Dylan going, oh, yeah, it's Ottawa, and listing prospects, he goes, oh, I don't know. And then a minute later he goes, oh, sorry. I uh, I mis- misheard the question. Uh, probably Ottawa. Instead of um, instead of definitely Ottawa. Probably. <laughs> and then. So I tried to throw him a bone, but he gave up. I remember him throwing his mic and leaving at one point. <laughs> I don't know if we cut that out or not, but it that was, was pretty uh, funny. It was very funny. Yeah. He gave up. And um, you can't really argue. With the Leafs and the Sens, but oh, 
video to this one but uh if you're you listening were, dylan i'm sorry for that. if you were wondering uh i was uh doing the running man while i was listening <laughs> to that song uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty amazing <laughs> pretty oh pretty amazing uh so yeah oh, good thing we're not filming that. winner gagnant uh but yeah i won go check it out or right, let us know what you think maybe you get to play that for dylan Go spam. Oh, that was that was that was a huge dancing. That was a lot of dancing right there. Go spam Dylan's comments. Go uh, spam. Jack Bailey. Jack <laughs> Just Bailey. Jack Bailey. Bailey. Jack Bailey. Jack Bailey. <laughs> All right. Do we want to go with one more, or do you want to end it off there? Uh, let's, uh who's next one? Uh, we can either go for uh, Talbot Kudobin Smith, your boy Smith, uh, Holtby. Hall, let's go Hopi. Okay, let's go Hopi, uh, and then we'll end it off. Uh, Vanco- uh, former Washington Capital, now Vancouver Canuck, and s- former Stanley Cup champion, has signed a two-year deal with the uh, Vancouver Canucks for $4.3 million AAV and an $8.6 million total earnings. I really like the signing for Vancouver. Uh, you get a goalie. Markstrom for Hopi. I'm doing it. Yeah, I, so am I. Like, you lose Markstrom, but you get Braden Holpe. Which is better. <laughs> for $2 million less, uh, which is, is a crucial part, especially when you want to bring in uh, backup goalies like Elias Pedersen. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I love the signing for uh, Vancouver. If I'm them, I'm really happy. Uh, you know, there's not much to say here. He's this former Stanley Cup champion. Uh, Owen's trying not to cry. He's laughing so hard. I don't uh, know why. Uh, Elias Pedersen's going to be their next backup goalie. And maybe he's going to work his way up the ladder to be a starter. Who knows? But I love Braden Holpe. He's going to be here for two years. And Vancouver, get excited. you got a Stanley Cup champion. They're going to re-sign him halfway through this year. If he does good enough, Extension? they're going to re-sign him. Yeah, they're just going to sign him for another three years. Wow. You heard it here, folks. As Vancouver. Yeah, how do you like this fit for them? It's great. He's, like, I saw some editing, I saw some pictures where they had the Canucks jersey edited on it. It just looks sick. It, you can't beat it. It's a great fit. It's a great fit. <laughs> I, I, I love it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I love it. You know, Vancouver, get excited. You got a Stanley Cup champion backing you up in the Nets. Uh, and that's all for our episode today. Thank you so much to Owen for coming on. Um, uh, go follow us on Twitter at uh, Blue Line with JB, uh, and on Instagram at Blue Line, Blue underscore Line underscore Report. Uh, thanks so much, guys. You guys are the best. Uh, see ya.